Hey everyone, we are the three princes and we go around looking for things to penetrate deeply. Hey intellectual. <laughs> uh, welcome to our show. <laughs> it's going to be one of those days. We're doing this again. Oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> But we're doing it slightly differently. Slightly different, yeah. Duel has been replaced by... Ralston. <laughs> uh, so guys, uh, Ralston is an old friend, uh, uh, an award-winning creative, uh, has been... <laughs> oh, you, <can> see <laughs> you, you should see his face right now. <laughs> um, so he started his uh, career in Homeschooler and uh, then at JWT for about 10 years. And uh, then he decided, he got really bored of advertising and decided to do something really crazy and uh, went into a startup. Uh, and then, okay, tell me, what are you doing now? <laughs> um, yeah, so currently I like to think of myself as a consultant. Hmm. Um, in terms of, was it crazy that I left advertising? Uh, well, you can make it sound like it was this major thought through decision that was uh, about taking the plunge and all that but it actually probably wasn't it was a build up i think of things that i have felt over a period of time that led up to that particular point uh, and the actual decision at that time didn't feel like it was a crazy plunge or a break from what i was doing some people might have helped me nudge, <laughs> nudge me out of the thing and I'm thankful uh, for that also um, yeah so currently I do consultancy basically in creative communication strategy bit of branding um, yeah that's pretty much what I do okay so you you said that you 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 It was not a big plunge for you to move out of advertising. Uh, so I, my first question to you, mm. uh, I wanted to make this as contentious as possible. Mm. <laughs> Is advertising bullshit? Yeah, yeah, like everything else, right? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, so what what drove you to go, go out of advertising? Uh, actually, technically, I'm not out of advertising now. Okay. I am just out of the agency system. Okay. So one thing that, again, that itself is, uh, I think, uh, an answer to the question that is advertising only the advertising agency system. Okay. And uh, one of the big realizations for me uh, was that, was the, the, was how insignificant I was in the entire scheme of things. Right. Um, versus what I thought it was when I was in the agency. So in the advertising agency system, Uh, basically, if you are a creative person, you're given a fancy title and then you probably won a few awards, done some work and you think the whole world of brands revolves around you. Right? Mm. That your client's business, that the brands, consumers, everything revolves around you. And the agency also feeds that sort of ego right. and uh, puts you up on this uh, pedestal. And when I left that world entirely is when I realized how in, insignificant I was to the entire ecosystem. Right, right. And, uh, Because whereas, you're replaceable, you mean? Not only are you replaceable, like see, previously when I was in the agency system, you know how it, Mihira and I have worked in the same company, so 
it typically sets you on like a track for your career yeah mm-hmm. yeah like one day you're going to be this one day you're going to hit the department one day you're possibly going to run the company mm-hmm. so it's all mapped out and if you have done the hard yards then you will eventually end up in that place right so the question that probably puzzled a few people was why i want to break out of that mm-hmm. when it's been sort of clearly laid out and i have done sure. the the putting the hard work to get to that point mm-hmm. so it was just insight and i said no i don't want that mm-hmm. um because i felt that even if it was so it was never for me about going up the ladder there mm-hmm. is no, i see more as a flatter sort of journey where it's more about different experience or a different place than a better place right. what is better right i mean like how is it you, like yeah, yeah how, like do you, how do you how do you measure it something like that right? so that for me was i think um, probably one of the uh, the things and also i mean i say this uh, to a lot of people uh, one of my primary motivations to work the way i am working now is so that i don't have to be responsible for other people okay i think most of the time uh, we spend um, being responsible for other people yeah and their delivery and their deliverables which you can't actually control and right now one of the primary motivations for me to not go back into a company mm. any company okay is that i don't want to be responsible for other people's delivery and I, just for my own so just me and my laptop can do a lot more productive work than having a large team or having a lot of specialists around so coming to that uh, what is it that you do right now i know you do consultancy but what kind of consultancy so uh, i work with uh, to uh, with with companies who want to pick my brain mm-hmm. which is which is where the name originally also for my website and for my operation came from so what is the website it's, it's called pickmybrain.com okay right uh, p i q because i could buy there's an interesting story behind why it is called it's called, it's called pick my yeah because i get people just calling me up all the time and saying machang i want to pick your brain on something right and uh, one of those people is the one who is invited me here today as well <laughs> uh, so then when i started figuring out that's what happens so the i originally i mean i originally started off wanting to call myself a consultant but if you think about it what consultants actually do is allow people to pick their brain on a subject right yeah. and because i have people calling me up like wanting to pick my brain on different subjects like all the time I just thought, okay, you know what? You can pick my brain. Only thing difference is for a price now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Most of the time, it's just matching. I want to pick your brain. I'm like, yeah, sure, sure. Um, I still do that, and I'm still open to sort of doing that. Not that it's about um, just getting paid, but uh, that's essentially why I pick my brain. It is spelled P-I-Q. Uh, pick. I would like to tell you that it is because of P-I-Q, the pick, which is about picking someone's interest. Okay, and peaking, oh, right? Yeah, yeah. But actually, it's because I couldn't find the domain, <laughs> uh, so it was just piq pickmybrain dot com. Yeah, and um, we'll put the link in the description so that. Uh, yeah. So the thing is, the funny thing is that I started the site, and how the site happened was I thought, okay, I need to have a domain. At the point that I stepped out, uh, I didn't know how I was going to work. Out, I didn't know how it was going to work out. Um, The that is a plunge rasa <laughs> yeah, i guess i guess but one but person I think who is a very risk of, like he's he's okay with risk yeah. uh, i actually don't know because i don't i don't see it as a massive risk for me i mean yes okay so if you now when i look back and stack it up 
the risks were I had just got into a housing loan, a 20 housing loan and bought a house, which means every month I had to pay. Then I have dependents, right? My, my, my family, so people who depend on me. So the financial commitment part was, was uh, uh, yeah. scary. And a lot of other people were worried for me yeah. that I wouldn't yeah, be including able to do. all of us. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, I think I am uh, I am always a very um, conservative risk taker, hmm. right? I have a fallback. So my the risk the, the fallback is built into the risk, yeah. right? Okay. It's not like I have completely taken the plan. In actually, if you look at the uh, startup ecosystem where people have taken plunges and done it. I remember seeing in Sri Lanka some time ago a profiling of the top uh, 40 entrepreneurs. Hmm. And funnily, and I think that's true even now to a large extent, all of them or most of them come from uh, well-to-do backgrounds. Yeah. Not from very Poor. challenging yeah. economic conditions, right? Which is one of the, which is one of the sort of uh, fallacies of the startup perception as well. Mm. Uh, I mean, if you are not worried about basic survival and if that is sorted out, that allows you always to explore, sure. right? That always allows you to get into stuff, take risks because yeah, yeah. your bread and butter is taken care of. Yeah. Now, um, is that a lesson for people who are going into startup that get your, get your house in complete, like not completely in order, but like get your house in order, make sure that you are, you are not immediately under pressure before you take the move out? Is that a, is that a lesson for people then? Uh, I don't know whether it's a lesson, Machang, because uh, there is no surefire way of doing things, right? Yeah. There is that way. For me, like I said, I am, that's why I don't consider myself a risk taker because in the larger scheme of things, if you look at the other people who have taken risks, my risk was absolutely like minuscule compared to those. Yeah. And I had also learned from um, this other advertising person I had read and I had met called Aggie, mm. who had left an agency, started up his own thing. He had said, uh, also, I remember, you know, you try it out. If it doesn't work out, be humble enough to just put your tail between your legs, go back and work <laughs> in a company, right? So at that point, I thought, okay, you know what, if necessary, I could do that. Mm. So it was not like I have a major entrepreneurial dream where I hate the system and I want to get out. It was just getting out and feeling myself around as I went. So when I it's a left... It's revolution. It, uh, well, I don't think there is a revolution at all, actually. Uh, but like I said, one of the things was uh, once I got out and I wanted to also get into something that made me uncomfortable because mm -hmm. I think I was getting way too comfortable. And, uh, I, and people were being impressed by what I did, but I knew that I was doing it like eyes closed. Right. Mm. I was not actually putting my full effort into it. Mm. And it was still good enough for a lot of people. Mm. And I was like, mm. that's not a great place to be, right? Because <laughs> yeah. who are you bullshitting? Like, yeah. I, I always say that advertising people are in the business of bullshitting, but we should not try and bullshit ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> right? Because then you then you start realizing that. Right. So it was a buildup of a lot of things. And I had every two years, I go through a phase where I, or three months where I want to try something, do something new. And I hadn't done that. Um, so a lot of things of feeling that I could do better, I could do different things. You're not all those executing things. your full potential. So. Yeah. Well, I well that's what I thought at that time. Right. And then I joined a startup which wasn't even registered when mm. I joined it. But they were willing to like pay me mm. the basic that I was that was needed for me to take care of like my financial stuff. And then 
it took me about six months to really understand what that side of things were. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I'm still still figuring out. Mm. But the bigger lesson that I took out was that your real advertising skills, mm. the real value for those skills are not in advertising. Okay. Very it's when you go into another industry that you actually start realizing the value of the skills that you have gained. Okay. Mm-hmm. Because within advertising, it's taken for granted that you yeah, can everyone do Everyone has. Give me, give, us, give me an example. So advertising people are constantly trying to connect things to brands, right? That's what you're trained to do. Like mm-hmm. this video right now, we would be like, ah, okay, there's a biscuit in here. Why don't we just connect it to a client? Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. Right? So you're trained mm-hmm. to connect things. A, your mind is wired to connect things, right? Because that's the basic concept of what ideation is. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the most universally accepted uh, explanation of what an idea is, is that actually it's not something entirely new. Mm. It's just a new combination between existing elements. Mm. Right? Your The elements are already there. Mm. You just connect them in a way that no one has connected them before. Yeah. Uh, for, that, for those who are listening, uh, it, it was, it came from, this uh, idea comes from a book called... Uh, I don't remember the James Webb Young uh, was the author. Yeah. Uh, James Webb Young is the author. Definitely recommended reading for mm. anyone who's getting into a creative field. Yeah. I or who's anyone who's interested in ideas. ideas. Yeah. I think Martin Neumeyer has something similar as well. No? Uh, okay. James Webb Young was the guy who first sort of theorized how ideas come how about. How ideas come about and how ideas work. A technique for producing ideas. A technique for producing that's ideas. That's, that's the one. one. Yeah. So at JWD was like mandatory reading for everyone who joined. Right. Wow. Okay. Small book. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, so essentially, I sort of got fascinated by it, and also I think one of the other realizations was that initially I you I thought I was in love with advertising. Hmm. Then once I started like getting into stuff, I came to the realization that I was actually in love with ideas, hmm. and ideas were bigger than just advertising. Yeah. And hmm. then when I started thinking about ideas that move the world and how ideas are much bigger than advertising. Mm. There is no other industry that talks so much about advertising, about ideas like advertising. But also, there is no other industry that knows so little about <laughs> ideas like advertising. Yeah, sure. I think, because, what, uh, do you think that's because it's, it's, it's fairly limited in, because ideas are generally created, 90% of the ideas that are created through advertising agencies are created for the purpose of uh, creating communication, right? Mm. Uh, I mean, like only about 10% of it proliferates into actually creating things that will actually move the world. Is, is that a right assumption? Uh, assertion? Uh, uh, yes, but also I think that's primarily because advertising people spend more time thinking of ideas than thinking about ideas. Oh, okay. That's, right? that's <laughs> no, because your job is, so when you're in a job where you keep producing something right mm-hmm. you're actually like a uh, you're like a psychological factory line right yeah. mm-hmm. your mind is trained every day you go into work you have to come up with ideas right? mm-hmm. uh, in the morning it could be for a bank it could be for a soap by the end of the day it could be for a charity mm-hmm. you're just producing ideas mm-hmm. so you're not thinking about the process of producing ideas okay right? you're not thinking enough the idea is more important because about it's where it's coming it. from yeah. how okay. did this process happen how did this idea pop into my head mm-hmm. like how did I come up with Yes, right. do, do you have a do, do you have a process. process for it? Yeah, so I what I did was I sort of once with with James Webb Young and all that I started getting interested in the process because mm-hmm. 
a lot of creative people like to think that it's a special skill that you've got or it's a personal thing right but if something is coming out of your brain that means there is a science to it sure mm-hmm. right yeah. it can't be a completely abstract process mm. it is a very uh, it is, and we are not the only ones who come up with that with ideas mm. um scientists come up with ideas everyone comes up with yeah. ideas mm. right So there has yeah, to the be accountants come up with the ideas. Accountants come mm. up with ideas. So everyone does come up with ideas. It's just a, there has to be a process to it. So then when I started sort of going into that, I realized advertising is uh, very small, but it's a great place for that because mm. it's one of the few places that pay you to do that. Yeah. Mm. 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 Right. So therefore, it's a great place for it. But I feel almost like sometimes, you know. like think think of a farmer right a farmer thinks about the soil that he is working with he is constantly thinking about that process and what it does and how you can do it better mm-hmm. he understands the soil he under he, he has to keep Weather investing in time with that yeah, right? like so many variables we advertising people i always say we were like cricketers who turned up on the day without practicing in the nets <laughs> <laughs> like you would turn up at the match on match day and just hope to wing it mm. without really practicing it oh, how much right, of practicing you know this yeah, 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 yeah. In the, in the, no yeah. it makes very good sense because we end up talking about and creating things for i think categories and businesses that we know shit nothing about right Correct. nothing zero yeah. zero Correct. knowledge about but we we but do you think that's there is a there's a benefit of that as well because people who work in those categories and industries are entrenched in those in categories Correct. and industries Correct. The thing is, if you want to turn anything into a skill, right? You have to then. Uh, so what happens is, for a lot of people, ideation comes like instinctively after over a period of time. If you are yeah. in advertising, you can instinctively come up with ideas. Yeah, right? you're not Intuitive. cognitive of the process, but you go Correct. through it. In the problem happens is, and this is something that actually a client uh, told me once is. creative people think that every day they can come up just put their hand up and pluck like an idea from this magic tree yeah. mm. and there are those days when you put your hand up and there's nothing <laughs> right because you're not in because right you place. haven't figured yeah. out okay how did that how, how did, did the first happen 500 happen yeah. right yeah. so then i realized okay there has to be a process to this yeah. and if you isolate the process mm. then probably it's possible that you can replicate it. is is there is can you can you walk us through that process yeah so uh, what is your process so uh, the thing is this so if you if you f- forget the personal process of mm. it but if you think of the process mm. of how it works most likely is that uh, and again i borrow heavily from james webian is he says our brain is filled with two types of information right one is general information mm. the most random little tidbits of information that go into your mind and get registered mm. and you have no idea why it's there mm. and you have no purpose for it at that point mm. right and then in an advertising sense there is very specific information mm. so if you're working on a brief if mm. you're working on say for example say cars mm. right if it's a brief for a car then you feed your brain specific information about that particular project mm-hmm. about that particular car about that particular category about that particular model mm. right and then essentially your brain works like a kaleidoscope almost mm. where the general information the random stuff mm. gets combined with the specific information mm. like that is how someone is able to come up with for example say a tv commercial which is based on a story that they heard randomly somewhere mm. but connect that to a car commercial and say okay here is a script for a car mm. Mm. 
uh, at that point like i said you don't know why you have that story in your mind mm. but your brain then makes that connection so that yeah. connecting process happens naturally you can't like force it mm. but the thing that we don't do enough but if you practice that process for a long period of time absolutely. you get good at it you yeah. absolutely good at it so it's a bit like cooking right mm. uh, so i always use these examples and the metaphors when i when i talk to students it's like it's like lighting the fire and putting the pot on the stove and closing the lid without putting any of the ingredients inside no right and then expecting to come and open it and look one hour later to see whether something is there <laughs> right. right you have to put the ingredients in mm. the cooking process will happen by itself mm. Mm. but the part that we don't do enough in advertising um, is or at least i felt we were not doing enough mm. was putting the right ingredients okay mm. so therefore what i do is uh, i consciously try to pick up the most random information that is there mm. at that point i don't know what purpose it's going to serve mm. but when i work on a specific project i have to try to feed my mind very specific information re- regarding that mm. and then you do what sherlock holmes did right you mm. just write in the middle of a case mm. sherlock holmes sherlock holmes is a guy who worked with ideas yeah mm. that's what made him very different to every other investigator he would have an idea mm. and then he would try to make the connections and mm. then he would eliminate in the process mm. so right in the middle of an investigation you would find homes frustrating watson by saying let's go and watch uh, a play or let's go to the gallery let's let's the violin because he's allowing yeah. his mind to cook in that process mm. Mm-hmm. but he has fed the right stuff for the cooking process to happen right right so if you actually practice it 5 minutes or 10 minutes before you go to sleep mm. if you feed your mind like specific information plus uh, specific information about a brief that you're working on or a problem you're trying to crack mm. and you let and you go to sleep while while you're sleeping your mind is basically uh, your subconscious mind takes over and is mm. working and most likely first 10 minutes you wake up in the morning an idea is there in your head mm. that's probably why a lot of people say they get their best ideas in the shower mm. okay in the morning mm. in advertising you'll always hear it because it's in cooking on the toilet right or in the toilet yeah, yeah right <laughs> in the in the morning in basically the morning the first 10 15 minutes yeah, because yeah. your mind has been working overnight yeah and then the result sort of pops into your conscious brain in the morning yeah so But you have allowed that process to happen at night so let's if if you codify it you're saying if you have if you're going after a solution feel yourself always keep your eye out for lot of information anyway because yeah. that's where you draw from uh but at the same time ensure that there is the the category or the thing that you're trying to solve you know as much as as much as possible about it and not surface level that like technical in depth in depth like something about it which mm. can give you something fresh so it's a combination of uh very broad lateral thinking and then very deep vertical subject, thinking on the subject thinking matter. correct yeah. that is when the so it's it's a bit like the the youtube algorithm which is both relevant and random right that's the principle on which youtube works right oh, so right. Okay. you start off watching a video which is relevant to you yeah. and one hour later you are watching a totally random video like you don't know how video. you or <laughs> and it's most of the time you are, that's why you should never think before going to sleep i'll watch one youtube video is <laughs> never happens yeah. Right? Yeah. youtube the beauty of youtube is even if you don't know what you want to watch today If you go there, it's random enough to throw you something that might be that might that might pique your interest. Okay. 
So for a long time, it was a linear thing where it was only relevant content shown to you. Mm. But actually, that's not why we go there. Mm. We go there for the things we didn't a, know existed. Yeah. So it's a it's the it's a discovery. It's yeah. a great discovery, right? Yeah. When you when you open it out, you don't know what you're going to discover. Yeah. So which is strange because that's what you label the first step of any creative process. It's called discovery, right? Yeah. Absolutely. So uh, I mean, like interesting conversation. I I want to talk about where you see. Advertising was where you you see advertising is and where it, where 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 we think it's going. Yeah. Uh, we'll yeah. So, but break. we will we will have a quick break. Uh, yeah, because we're talking advertising. Right? We have to take a commercial. Break. <laughs> <laughs> that is uh, brought to you by. <laughs> <laughs> hopefully, hopefully in the future. <laughs> okay. Okay. It's eleven thirty. But uh, so, uh, advertising. Uh, Advertising has changed quite a lot because of maybe to a large extent because of the new medium coming through, etc. Uh, the advertising we got trained in and the advertising that we are now currently doing, I think uh, while the core premise remains as it is, has changed quite a lot. Mm. How do you see the movement? Where 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 do you how did it change up until this point, and where do you think it's going to go? See, this is a. Uh, age old question yeah this age old question is being i think gets talked about a lot more um by the industry itself yeah uh with hardly any consequence to the way way the industry works right correct 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 because i think what happens is um advertising is like uh like a territory that has been shrinking right mm. so back in the day advertising held a lot more territory than what it holds now okay because what do you mean by territory yeah. so basically from the basic function of creative like mm. creating mm. right conceptualization that was one of the big things that advertising held apart from that there was media buying and uh, selling media buying and selling there was strategy mm. there was uh, uh, then stuff like production PR, production all those things got added yeah. right so this is like a one stop shop So then someone invades their space and takes and takes media out of there. Mm. So the thing is, every time someone invades and takes something away from this advertising territory, advertising the co-advertising agency is unable to do what that person's core function is. For example, if a media company comes and breaks away and like has media, mm. they would offer creative as part of media. Yeah. Okay. Right. right. Mm. They say, okay, we are doing your media for you. Uh, you're spending a lot of money with us. Hmm. Let us do creative for you, at as a concession almost. Is that what the digital agencies are doing right now as well? That's what everyone has been doing to advertising. Right? Okay. So what happens is then everybody. So your core competency is now being copied by everyone, hmm. but you are unable to copy their core competency. Oh right, okay. Yeah. Like the creative agency can't suddenly yeah. can't turn itself into a media company. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. So everyone else now offers what you claim to offer. But plus something else, mm, mm. whereas you have so you just I say it's been shrinking. Mm. But even more than that, so the question of but still we need to come to the agency for strategic. Uh, I conceptualize it. So, so, I mean, I even today I was talking to a bunch of students about how the agency considered itself back in the day as a brand custodian. Hmm. Hmm. That was actually how the agencies thought of themselves. Hmm. Yeah. Not as a agency who would. Provide a service to a client and give the client what he or she is asking for. Yeah. But rather the brand. So whether the newer agencies or the ones who perceive themselves as agencies, 
whether they think of themselves as a brand custodian or rather a service provider mm. is a question yeah, right yeah uh, but agencies have tried to hold on to their core uh, sort of competency but at a cost mm. Mm. it's been costing them talent it's been costing them business it's their their margins are shrinking mm. right um uh, so when people complain usually any industry i feel which complains about shrinking margins mm. it's a bit like businessmen in sri lanka like every aurudu mm. i i so notice in the papers people journalists go and ask the peta businessman me mm. aurudu business ko homa and every year they say business is bad <laughs> so every year business has been going <laughs> down the same guys who are saying business same is bad every year <laughs> every year business is going down yeah. every year profits are shrinking government is to blame every mm. year but if you look at the businessmen's houses and the vehicles <laughs> and the lifestyles have been getting better better yeah so it's a bit like that right so when so maybe you're not enjoying as big margins as you used to enjoy yeah. but maybe you shouldn't have enjoyed those margins in, in the first, first place. place yeah maybe as an industry mm. right uh so now you're struggling so you still have margins it's just that you're struggling to maintain those margins mm. right so i don't want to get into the if if you ask me okay how has it changed where should it go and all that i actually don't know i don't have the answer to that but one thing that i realize that advertising agencies have to change is the change the way we work mm. not change the way we think mm. everyone thinks okay we need to change the way we think mm. but actually it's the cha- way we physically work i feel that has to change quite a lot mm. in um, what way for example uh, in terms of productivity for example mm. right? now agencies and this is and it's a perception that advertising is like this everywhere mm. in the world mm. for example creative people actually know heart of hearts how long it actually takes to crack something mm. versus how long you claim yeah, yeah. that it takes yeah now you what you can crack or come up with in an hour mm. you take two days mm mm-hmm. um just so that uh, it people, looks like you yeah, yeah, yeah it looks like you're doing a lot of work yeah. right and you don't want people to think that this is easy because mm. which is what is happening now everyone thinks that they can do it. we are doing yeah. a job that everyone very easily thinks that they can do that and that's our fault right that's our fault it means yeah we haven't turned it into a skill yeah a small segue on that uh this is something that this entire thing is a segue yeah <laughs> uh the what i see is there there's more liberalization or democratization of the capability to come up with ideas because everyone can produce everyone can publish yeah uh, and all of a sudden i i see what you're saying there is a there is a situation where when now everyone is doing it and they are not they are doing it fairly well as well yeah and all of a sudden the 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 time the productivity curve that i mean the the time that an agency takes uh, a small two man things like for example take you yeah you you will you will I do it in do more, more damage uh, in far less a time just my myself and my laptop then and that's one of the reasons why i get calls from clients who have already got agencies yeah right? they would call me and say make agency get to do nothing here but that's that right it's it's a bit like how we used to refer going to the government go to the government department to get something done, yeah, yeah, yeah. right so we have allowed that, that to sort of come in but now again i i don't know if i don't know enough about agencies to know whether it actually takes that long or not mm-hmm. and do they actually take that long or not but essentially what i am saying is that the uh, the productivity levels mm. can really uh, be amped up mm-hmm. if you understand 
that's why that goes back to our previous conversation about turning that um, that madness into a method Mm-hmm. Like if if you get better at something mm-hmm. over a period of time, it's like a soldier who is trained to take apart a weapon and put it yeah. together. The yeah. more you do it, mm-hmm. you should be able to do it faster. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. In advertising, somehow that expectation is not there. Is what I'm saying. Oh, okay. okay. So the expectation should be put to it and say. So I always, I mean, again, these are all things that I used to fight for mm-hmm. with clients and with um, with agencies. But I realize. Like if you go to a restaurant today, like creative people, uh, I start with the question that creative people ask. Uh, when you give them like a great brief, they're like, "Do you want something good or do you want something fast?" Mm. I'm like, they should not be mutually exclusive concepts. Mm. So yeah. like, if I go to a restaurant and if I order like food, mm. if the chef asks me, "Do you want something fast or do you want something good?" <laughs> I will say, "I want something good fast." <laughs> right? Yeah. I'm not going to because at that point he is the creative person. He yeah. or she is the creative person, right? then am I willing to wait an hour for something good or would I settle or would I say give me crap fast mm-hmm. I would take neither right? yeah. Yeah. so the same demands that we have of the world we mm-hmm. should demand of ourselves as well correct, mm-hmm. correct. Right? and um, you can easily do that it's mm-hmm. just that I think if you are not confident of your mm-hmm. skills mm-hmm. That is when you will want time because you know that you have to now let this natural process happen, right? Mm. So, just as an aside, and like because there is no process, it's not replicable, and because it's not replicable, you can't have a consistent output. Yeah. So I'm not saying that it has to become like a machine. Yeah. But we are machines, right? Our brain sure, is yeah. a machine, and the more you do something over a period of time, it becomes machine-like. Yeah. Of course, I mean, coming up with an idea in itself is not the end all of the advertising process, mm. right? because there's you come up with ideas and those yeah. ideas are rejected. Yeah. Then those ideas have to tick like a shit ton of boxes yeah. mm. before that's the one that's selected. It's sure. like, it's actually like having a, a, a baby, mm-hmm. right? You have that baby and then everyone, all the elements in the world are sort of designed to try and kill that baby, mm-hmm. yeah. right? From the strategic person to the client to the creative director, everyone tells you why your baby is not good or <laughs> is ugly. Uh, and then you have to try and nurture this baby to make sure that it survives mm. and goes out into the world healthy. Mm. So law, far more babies are killed in advertising mm. uh, than anywhere else. And in most But that, that is that is not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing. Yeah, that's happen. the nature yeah, of things. Yeah. That's the nature of ideas, right? That that's why that, that phrase kill all your darlings comes mm. up because any person who wants to do something great or good mm. uh, and not average has to get beyond the first draft, the first set of lyrics, the first tune, mm. right? The the first design, the first sketch. That is a part of a, any a creative crafting sort of process. It's about pushing yourself up uh, out there. But if you have a process that is in place, then the productivity levels become a bit better. better. Hmm. What happens is our people, most of the time, when I say our people, I talk about myself as a creative person as well. We spend far too much time coming up with bad ideas. Okay. I always think if I spend less time coming up with bad ideas, then I get the crap out of the way. <laughs> then I have more time for the better stuff to come. Yes. Sure. Yeah. So you would understand what yeah, I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of time taken and you sit down and anyway, everyone knows, including creative people, that the actual thinking happens at least one or two hours before the meeting. Yeah. <laughs> That's where the actual work happens. And that actually is a great motivator for creative thinking. Mm. Um, I remember reading 
Shehan Darno Tilaka says in China, there's nothing more inspiring than a solid deadline. (laughs) (laughs) That's the best inspiration you can find in the world where if it's an exam, you have to cram it. If it's a meeting, you can't miss. You, that's, there's nothing more inspiring. Suddenly yeah. your ideas are flowing, <laughs> the ideas are coming, you're drafting, you're drafting. You're in that flight of fight. <laughs> Correct, right? Because, yeah, exactly. Your, yeah. your instincts kick in. Mm. Right? So, if we can spend less time coming up with bad ideas, I think we can spend more time coming up with better ideas. Okay. That is essentially how I would shift. But also, I think the one key word that I keep thinking of as the thing that I learned... Mm. And the major difference that I felt from working in agency, the word is discipline. Hmm. And I think uh, too often discipline is associated with the process and structure and very strict rigidity. rigidity. Mm. Yeah. But it's actually not. It's not. It's mm. Right. Uh, again, uh, if you are an author, if you ever want to write a book, and I know this about again about people like Shan, who were you. You instill discipline by saying every day in the morning I wake up and I will write this number of. Yeah, okay. I will commit this many words to paper. Have you have you heard of a guy called Jocko Willink? No. So he has a podcast as well, and his his co principle is discipline equals freedom. Right. Yeah. 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 yeah that's true. Uh, Jocko Willink is a, a ex Navy SEAL. Yeah. Now a motivator. Right. Outstanding, amazing person. If you have. Uh, Please follow him on Instagram. He's, he's very cool to... Uh, every, every day at 4 o'clock in the morning, he puts up a picture of a shitty ass like Casio watch that he takes a picture of saying it's 4 o'clock and okay. I'm at the gym. Okay. And he does that every day. Right. Uh, so I think I've become a, a lot more disciplined in the way I work. Not in the way I think. Right. Mm. I think if you are very disciplined in the way you work or if you are more disciplined than you were before, mm, yeah. then th- it allows the space, space for your thinking for your thing. to go yeah, yeah. a bit nuts. Yeah. Uh, we are still thinking. So there, there is a lesson in that. There is a definite lesson in that, specific, specific, especially for people that are starting out anew. Yeah. That's that's a great way. You say, don't be disciplined in your thinking, but be disciplined in your work ethic and make Absolutely. sure that... What you are committing to do that day gets done or yeah. what you are yeah, committing yeah. to do by a deadline gets done. Your yeah. word needs to mean something. Yeah, your word, yeah. your word needs... It has to be a... You you must make a commitment to yourself. Mm. Going back to the conversation we had about responsibility yeah. towards yourself as well. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you worked in multiple digital... So you, you went from traditional agencies to a uh, yeah. digital agency... What are the what are the biggest pitfalls do you you see like and and digital agencies are coming up like like mushrooms everywhere mm. uh, and most of these agencies are being started by very young aspiring creative people who would have ended up in advertising but now are in uh, yeah. uh, uh, digital spaces where they think okay fine I have greater freedom to do what I want to yeah. Here. What are the biggest pitfalls you see for people like that, and what 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 are the things that you can tell them? Say, do this or do that, so that you become more successful in what you do. See, so one is discipline. That's yeah. yeah in, in terms of, uh, I don't know whether these are pitfalls, but the primary difference that we must understand about between a creative agency or traditional conceptual creative agency versus a digital agency is that. You know, in advertising, in a creative agency, we talk about media neutral ideas. Mm. Where you think of the idea first mm. and then you think, okay, which media is right for it? Correct. Mm. Right? Yeah. Which medium is right for it? Correct. Is this TV? Because sometimes okay. you say, you know, you know what, this doesn't work for TV. But with digital, you're already working with media. Mm. 
So you're a media company you're that is thinking the, yeah, you're framed into posts, videos and... Yeah, so you are, whatever you're thinking, you're thinking within the media. Right? Yeah, yeah. So creative agencies and clients sometimes don't understand that. Mm. And I actually have a little bit more sympathy towards that thinking because it's like someone who is... Uh, so, you know, if someone is working in media and you sit through media presentations for a year, mm. you will start seeing similar stuff come up. Right? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. People will come and say, just do a false cover or let's do a roadblock on media, mm. shit like that. And you'll start thinking, yeah, do something new. But the thing is, that person is working mm. within a, with a medium that he or she doesn't control. Mm. Mm. Like with Facebook, yeah, people would like to come and tell you to, you know, uh, put a new button out there for your brand. Like say, for example, if your brand was cheese buttons, why can't we create a cheese button on Facebook? Mm-hmm. right for example mm-hmm. I'm just throwing that mm-hmm. up as an idea mm-hmm. sounds like a great idea a brand can do it but Facebook has to do it yeah right? you have to Facebook has to agree to do it yeah uh, whether it's can be done or not do you what, what do you think is the I, I, I'm sure you can't make a distinction which is the better way of doing it because most uh, now what we are to- told like like big companies are told choose a medium first and design for the medium is mm. the, the standard, like the yeah. change in thinking. Mm. But do you think there is a limitation in thinking in channel specific versus neutral, channel neutral ideas? See, the thing is this, right? I mean, uh, I will tell you a completely uh, unrelated example okay. of this. You remember when the the Thai res- cave rescue project was happening, mm-hmm. yeah, when yeah. those kids got trapped in mm-hmm. caves. And... At that time, the whole world's attention was on that. And uh, Elon Musk sort of announced to the world that he has created a submersible Mm. to rescue these kids, Mm -hmm. right? And that he would come forward to do that. And then they sent it there to to that place. And then there was uh, a a British cave diver who was actually there on site, Mm. who was actually like diving to rescue these kids. And they asked him what they thought of uh, Elon Musk's uh, submersible, and he can he said Elon Musk can stick it where the sun don't shine, <laughs> because that has that was created with absolutely no conception of the landscape and of yeah. the challenges of how it would actually go through. That. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, thing is, if you have the luxury of creating media neutral ideas, that's great. Right? If you can come up with something, oh, it's a luxury. Like, you are saying this as a luxury. I'm thinking of an absolute luxury, but. For example, if you come and like for in advertising, we have the luxury of sometimes going and saying, I know you asked for a TV commercial, but we don't think you should do a TV commercial. Yeah, yeah. We think this works better like this. Yeah. But if you are a digital company, you can't go and say you shouldn't do a campaign on social media. I think you should put up billboards. <laughs> like, why the heck can I do that? Right? So you are working already with a handicap. Yeah. So the trick is then to turn that handicap into sort of your advantage. Yeah. But a lot of the time, the expectation I feel from um, a digital agency is similar to the expectation of a creative agency. And that is never going to happen. Mm. Because with a conceptual creative agency, someone can come up with any random concept. Yeah. Right. And say, let's do this. Mm. But here, that person has to come up with something that stays in. So therefore, they get less impressed by what digital agency is. Right. Right. Because it's not as impressive, right? It, it, it doesn't it can't work be. across 15 different things. And it, totally it will not be. And also, uh, unfortunately, this is purely driven, I think, by personal uh, desire. The expectation from digital agencies is a lot of flash and bangs. A lot of bells and whistles. Mm-hmm. Like, why can't we 
put a button on facebook mm, yeah. or like why can't we do this mm. it's a very sort of uh, just so that uh, uh, marketers and agencies can post about it on their personal pages and say we did this mm. or we were the first to do this mm. whereas not actually uh, no not that only is not honest not only is it as necessary mm. yeah right? like what is a, a lot of digital work yeah, yeah a lot of digital work is actually about doing a lot of the basic stuff right Mm. because like media you are working with something that is made up of numbers mm. there is an algorithm to it right mm. there is some there is a science there mm. it is uh, so it's not just this broad conceptual abstract space there mm. is a very definitive algorithm that's driving the way it works mm. so uh, you understand that and then you do the basic stuff nobody likes to do basic because basic is boring Yeah, but yeah. that's what you have to do sometimes. Yeah, right. Yeah. And maybe if you if you are if you are really really into what you're doing, you will break the boundary. Yeah, and you have to do it. And why people don't like it also because you have to keep doing it over a period of time to get to yes. it. And Correct. you get bored as as a creative making thirty posts a month for the next year. Yeah. The, no, the thing is this again. It's is as to what your strategy is. Sure. Right. If it was necessary to be like that, we know that. brands are built over years mm. consistency matters consistency more. matters most like what your messaging is and mm. all that stuff mm. so in that case someone can get bored saying i've been doing tv commercials for the last 20 years yeah right or putting on a print ad every weekend mm. with a with the credit card offers yeah mm. i'm bored of it so let's not do it yeah, yeah. and that's not the answer right? that's not that's definitely not so you you how do you keep how do i know now when i open the sunday times and i look at the last page what used to be the sports page is now the soft logic branded page Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, because they they have owned that. So mm-hmm. in branding, we talk about owning something. How yeah. do you own something over a period of time? So whether you find this boring or not is, I think people talk too much about the execution part rather than thinking, okay, why are we doing this? Yeah. Okay. Right? If we are doing this, and if there is a purpose to that, then whether it's the basics or whether it's boring, it's all leading towards something. Correct. People get frustrated when you have done a lot of shit. which hasn't led to anything mm. it hasn't led anywhere because you haven't figured that, out where it, you want it to go mm, yeah exactly mm. exactly so the uh, is so it's, it's the same theory of incremental growth like when you're trying to improve your own life what was that word kaizen kaizen yeah yeah small exactly. incremental steps yeah, yeah. Uh, so as a so I, i know you lecture kids and you deal with a lot of young people and you deal with people like us as well like people like me how would i say anything how how can i prepare myself for the world if, if you are getting into marketing or digital or forget about digital if you are getting into marketing in the future how would i do better to prepare myself for what is about to come what can i do like as a lecturer tell me what, what what will you advise your kids to do yeah see uh, not even as a lecturer but yeah, okay if you want the common denominator if you look at all these functions that we've spoken about like you spoke about lecturing you spoke about marketing you spoke about dealing with clients you spoke about digital the common denominator in all of these is people yeah because all of these comes back to people yeah if you want to be good in any of these things mm. just study people hmm the best way to study digital is not studying facebook or how it works mm. but look at how people behave on facebook mm. 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 right like that is ultimately the way we should study 
So comes back to that of original thinking. There's nothing better than talking to people for consumer insight. From last week. And, yeah, and, I mean, there's and, no there's no amount of research than having a conversation with a person. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. And not only conversation because I um, I have I have a thing or two about having conversations with people because when you talk to people and when you ask them certain things, the answers they give you are not true. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. if you observe people. Just observe. And observe comes as the, so, the easiest thing you can do. Just observe people's behavior. I mean, right now in Sri Lanka, you can easily observe. And because we are such a politicized society, hmm. and you can't help but talk about people without talking politics, um, I will say that if you want to have great understanding of your market, of hmm. your people, whoever it is, at the end of the day, they are people. Hmm. Just observe how they behave in regards to politics, politicians, right? On the... the the larger subjects mm. right mm. and what their mindset is and i call bullshit on all of that right mm. like currently what people are saying about the the sri lankans anyway we are very um, hypocritic right yeah but there is that that seems to be getting heightened and we are almost going to a level where uh, we are uh, taking that hypocrisy to crazy levels right okay and we are taking it to a crazy level where uh, we are not conscious about it. Mm. Right. Politicians are hypocrites hypocrites who are conscious of the fact that they're hypocrites. Right? <laughs> the people are hypocrites who don't realize that we are hypocrites. Right. I think that's the primary difference. Right? And therefore, I always believe that politicians are far superior to us as people. Because oh. uh, at they, least they're aware. They are aware. Yeah. The fact that they we think they are idiots and that they are dumb and they are fools and they don't they don't know what they are doing and that we know what we know better and the fact that they let us think that <laughs> they let us think that right? yeah, that if is a form of advertising no it is right yeah. if you actually go and talk to some of these people some of these politicians you will actually find that they are very very smart people yeah, yeah yeah right very smart people and smart not just in terms of bookish i think the real thing that is smart about them is the fact that they allow us to think whatever we want <laughs> of them while actually doing what they like. Again, I, I think they, they, they mastered the idea of touching the pulse and observing people in a way that, that, that so you draw fantastic insight out of observing people and saying, ah, okay, fine, this is what their tension point is and I'm yeah. going to hit that tension point without any remorse for whether it's right, wrong. Is uh, for no, me. actually, I, I think, actually, we don't allow, we, I think, give them far too much uh, flack because why is it that politicians and leaders are appreciated after their time? Mm. Right? Okay. And not in the, all great the, leaders yeah. in the world, if you think about it, were not appreciated in their time. Mm. Mm. Because they came and upset this. It could be from Jesus Christ to right down to anyone. Yeah. They were all crucified in their time. Yeah. Right? For trying to lead thought. To mm. tell people not to do something. Mm. Or to tell people to change the way they were thinking. So, naturally people shoot the messenger. Yeah. Mm. yeah right? Yeah. But, five, ten years later, they look back and say, Abhay, mona, una, tarya. Whatever said and done, somebody. Whatever said and yeah. done, this person did this. Like, yeah. like, Margaret Thatcher was absolutely, you know, oh, hated. hated. Yeah. During her time. During tenure. her time. Second tenure, definitely. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Because the thing is, and you you have to know that that's, that's the reality of it. Because your job is that. I think we elect politicians 
to do the things that we are uh, the unpopular things that we don't want that we to. don't want to get our hands dirty doing yeah. right and that's why we want it i personally feel like sri lanka like i mean there are only two people who understand the sri lankan mentality and both of them are absolute i think um absolute masters at how it works and they continue to uh, be far superior of anyone else or all of us and ahead of their time uh and i think once those two people are no longer in politics uh sri lanka will i think be a very 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 different place uh, who is this mahindra rajapaksan i say mahindra rajapaksan and ranil wickremesinghe yeah mm. I, i suppose right. that's that's very true and uh, the difference mm. the difference is i think both of them understand the sri lankan they understand people they also understand the sri lankan mentality quite very well true. the difference is it, it's not it's not marred by veils of this is the way we should be it's they understand it as it is, as it how is. we are this is how we are yeah. so, so that's a lesson there no isn't there a lesson this isn't isn't there absolutely it's about first understanding so when people ask me what do you think about uh, politics or what do you think about where this country should go? i'm like forget about where it should be mm. think look at where it is. it is yes first step is about understanding where something actually is regardless of whether you like it or not yeah or regardless of whether you want to be today a lot of people are talking about what should be mm. versus what actually is and if you actually and the way we ridicule and hammer politicians first thing i mean if someone if you as an individual if in your organization or in your personal life if someone ridiculed you so publicly so much mm. where you have a family you have children there you have a father you are go, you go home to those kids you have a wife to go home to Uh, you have parents who look at you everyone suffers as a result of that ridiculing mm. would you take it with so much patience mm. and not react yeah like yes. how many of us have the capacity to at least do that yeah i i dare say we won't no we won't no. so yeah. going back to their understanding of the mentality what i feel is the common denominator is the per- is people. people and the two people like i said who understand the mentality best the primary difference i feel is one person understands people and what they want oh. and almost humors them condescendingly by giving it to them right, <laughs> right? <laughs> it uh allow it you know if the people want to hear something that person will give them that right. the other frustrates them right by not giving them what they think they want right because and tells them no you if you think this is what you want as a leader i still tell you that this is actually what you need no okay. okay i think that but both of them and that's a choice it's a choice, that, a choice they that they have made mm-hmm. in their leadership stances personal brains i personally feel one of them is smarter yeah. than the other for doing that um but that's not to be discussed but essentially uh both of them understand like the so that that segue was actually to prove the point that that the 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 greater merit of the great currency is there in ensuring that you observe and understand people the common denominator is people yeah. and irrespective of where the technology where technology goes or where uh advertising goes or how how things change having a honest appreciation of people yeah and who you are interacting with and having no ego about it or having no veil about it saying this is the way i think should things should happen mm. is i think the 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 core premise uh, of what what you just said yeah uh so we we are we are coming to the end of this 
uh, episode where what what would you see this is done largely for people who are starting out who are who are thinking of getting into business or getting into uh, marketing, marketing or specifically or advertising mm. what if you have to leave something with them what will that be well again i don't know it it goes back i guess your journey in any industry especially in this industry will go back to what you want mm. what is the reason you are getting into it right if you are doing it to uh, be exposed to brands to learn about something that, that then that journey will take you in one direction mm. if you want to get into it because you think it's cool mm. and it allows you to grow uh, your hair and wear whatever you want to work that's your reason <laughs> if that 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 sort of pseudo freedom because we know that though advertising looks like it gives you a lot of freedom it's one of the most restrictive industries in the world oh. right it's one of the most restrictive creative disciplines in the world uh if that's the reason for you to get into it your journey will be different yeah. Yeah. right um if you enjoy studying people manipulating people through behavior which is what we do mm. right which is what everyone does and we do it more not everyone does it that's the thing <laughs> uh, everyone no we do in a, in a way think about it right if uh, from from school days from when the time we are kids we are trained to it right mm. the way you would usually talk to your parents versus how you would talk to them when you need something from them a week from yeah yeah, yeah yeah like if you have a trip coming up and you have to get permission from your parents yeah. one week later you start setting it up even from now itself yeah you wash start the dishes wash the dishes talk to your parents a bit nicer <laughs> clean your room yeah your parents and you and again the parent they play the role of the politician who lets you think <laughs> that you they, they don't know what you are yeah, yeah. right yeah. and then you sort of get so we we manipulate i think every day and in in every way so it's, it's just it's advertising, just advertising is a in a, so a lot of time a lot of the time people make jokes about advertising people just like they make jokes about lawyers mm. right about how lawyers are corrupt and will work for anyone mm. until the day you need a lawyer <laughs> <laughs> and on that day when you need a lawyer to like you know save your uh, save your uh, ass you don't go and say now be honest go and tell the truth you say just get me out of this right yeah, yeah. similarly when you people call bullshit on advertising but when someone puts up a profile picture on facebook mm. uh, how that person is very careful to edit and manipulate and mm. find the best angle to show mm. and not uh, so it happens yeah, we all we all present areas. a person certain image right i always like to think of sri lankans who migrate to australia they only show you only see those people at barbecues and on the beach and on the you know villages <laughs> on the weekend they don't post pictures of them delivering pizzas and cleaning bathrooms and you know that side of life yeah, right yeah, yeah. they don't they they start wearing better clothes and people here who look at thinking wow if i go to australia my life will be better mm. right and then those people who go they realize the truth but they also don't expose the truth they don't also shy they will also shy only the so we all present the best side of ourselves to the world mm. and i think that's what brands also do and that's what everyone has uh, the equal right to try and do yeah so basically uh, present your idea basically observe very well understand what you want to change and what you manipulate per yeah. se and uh, do so with care and intelligence and hopefully do it in a way that this is the segue and this is what 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 i would say 
do it in a way that at least incrementally helps the people around you maybe if you can do that that will be great possible. if that is possible it's great it's not always possible and that's a reality that you need to contend with yeah see the thing is we are all part of a large system right the system that as i i find it very funny when people talk about, talk about wanting to change the system mm. you can't change the system because we are in a large we, because we are talk, we are using the word system because we don't know exactly what to pinpoint right mm. we talk about the system as government or as state or as politics or whatever but the larger system that we are all in is capitalism Mm-hmm. right and if you and i can change capitalism then i mean what are we doing even talking about it? we can't mm-hmm. we've all bought into it so on the one hand if you are if you have want the the benefits of capitalism mm-hmm. you also have to take its evils that come with it mm-hmm. and the truth is capitalism is the concept i think that truly has understood human beings and human desire mm-hmm. right to the core mm-hmm. and that is why it keeps growing mm-hmm. so uh when uh, just as an aside i know we are winding up but like when fa- capitalism was first sold to the world mm. it was sold as a forerunner to democracy no oh, okay right sure. yeah, right yeah. so capitalism democracy open free market democracy mm. but uh, china and singapore were the ones who created this concept of yeah, what what some people call capitalism with asian values mm. which is that sh- which proving that capitalism can exist and flourish without democracy mm-hmm. and now that's the model that a lot of people are asking for mm-hmm. at like least in want, asia yeah. at least in asia yeah. we want that we mm-hmm. want so singapore followed the same model i think it started with um, uh, with uh, deng xiaoping and those guys so they really showed that capitalism can work so i will give you food you will have mm-hmm. money in your hand everything Do you, but it comes at the cost of something Mm-hmm. and today people seem to be wanting to say you know what that's okay so okay. essentially yeah. what we are trying to do is that so there's no point trying to change mm-hmm. the system okay okay thanks ralston i think it was a fantastic conversation and uh, it it was great to have you and we want you back i mean like i i wrote an entire page of this uh, questions for you but we only got through like two <laughs> yeah <laughs> So we uh, hope to have you back. I don't hear that very often. <laughs> I hope we want you back. <laughs> okay. Thanks, thanks, thanks thanks for these guys. Thanks for these guys. Bye. Super. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks guys. Thanks. Really. Thanks. 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 Thanks.